0: I'm so excited to share with you what God has put on my heart, and it's going to be great. Um, amen? Amen. In this world that we live in, especially nowadays, we're going to face a lot of things. But as believers, we should not just lose hope. We should not despair because God has given us everything that we need. He has conquered the world for us. So that is true for us. But what about those who are out there? What about those who are not believers? They don't know this. They don't know that they, have, they can have courage. We're going to be talking about how we are the light of this world. Amen? We are the light of this world. So in Matthew, if I can find my spot, in Matthew 13, it says, You are the, light, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and tramped under by by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, and that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. We're going to, I had this all planned out and that's typically not how it always works out, but we are to let our light shine before man. When people are not in a good spot, when people are grieving, when people are in pain, when people are in need, we are not to hide our light. We are not to just go away and disappear and hope everything goes okay. You know what? God loves you. It's all going to be okay. Well, thanks a lot. That's not our place in this world. We are called to be the light of this world. We were not told when you feel like it, you can be the light of the world. When you have good days, you can be the light of the world. No, we are called 24-7 as believers to be the light of this world. Amen? Amen? So we're going to focus on that. I'm going to go back to the John sixteen thirty three. So when we, people that do not believe in God, when they face tribulations, when they face... Um, trials they don't know that hey I have a God who has conquered everything for me it's gonna be okay I'm gonna make it there's a light coming out on the other side of that mountain they don't know that they despair they blame God they are angry they are very angry and what's our job our job is to go to them and be with them and give them their needs I'm going to be jumping here and there. Sorry, Tiffany. I had it all planned out for you. But there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about how God says, when we face them, face Him, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me water. Thank you, Tiffany. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Can we go to the next one? Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did you see when did we see you hungry and we fed you, thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you do for the one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Amen. So I'm going to try and stay on track here. As salt of the world, why did Jesus use that example? I mean, he could have gone with something completely different. I mean, he could have used a fruit. He could have used a tree, a lamb. But he chose specifically to say salt and light because salt is pretty crucial. I'm not, I mean, unless you have, you know, a medical condition, most people like flavor in their food. Am I wrong? <laughs> like, we all love salt, Um, And salt in the Jewish culture was very symbolic. It was used for sacrifices, uh, symbolic for covenant. Um, It was used for flavoring. So we representing Christ being the salt of the world, when we go out there, the world should not just see hypocrites, right? They shouldn't see Pharisees and Sadducees where we are there pointing fingers and blaming everyone. And, oh, my goodness, you're going to go to hell. Well, I mean, they're already sinning. They know they're sinning. And even if they didn't know they were in the wrong, how are you different than the world? How are we different? Our job is to go out there and show the love of Christ. When Jesus was on earth doing his ministry, he spent most of his time ministering to the communities, to the local people. He wasn't out, you know, ministering to the Pharisees. Why? Because their Pharisees were just religious. They did everything to check off, you know, the little religious box. Well, I went to church today, check. I did my prayer, check. They were not really ministering. If they were ministering, guess what? The synagogues would have been filled and packed with people. Nobody wanted to go there because they knew, why would I want to go and hang out with the Pharisees? But everyone was attracted to Jesus. He had crowds of people following him everywhere he went. Because he loved them, he loved on them, he tended to their needs, and he also spoke the truth. He spoke the truth in love. So people would come to him, Jesus, tell me about, they would bring up an issue. And he would tend to that need. And he would, you know, quote scripture and everyone was amazed. How are you so knowledgeable? But that's because he was not there just blaming him. Well, I know, let's say the Samaritan woman. When she went to the well, Jesus wasn't there ready to point fingers and blame her. He sat down and waited for her. And when she arrived, he had a conversation, a conversation that led her to confess everything. Our job is to love on people, to be the light of this world, that we may attract people, not push them away because we are too good for them. We are not going to associate with the world. That's what the Pharisees and Sadducees did. You know, we are the perfect ones. So, I mean, unless you're going to drop everything and come to the synagogue like you're supposed to and pray and fast like you're supposed to, do not enter. That's not who we are. We are supposed to go out there and attract people to God. And when we do that, we create divine opportunity. We create divine opportunity because they're going to look at you and they're going to say, Why are you always so calm? Why are you not distressed when you were hit with this crisis? What they don't know is I'm not distressed because I have someone who's battling on my side. I have someone who sees me, and he's already taken care of that. You know, I might have lost my job. It's okay. But you don't have a job. How are you going to care for your family? Well, God's going to provide for me. So we have that hope. They do not know that. If I go out and I lose my job and I just despair and I cry out and I throw myself out in the streets and I blame everyone and I get angry, well, why would I want to come to my church? Why would I want to believe in a God that, well, they just lost their job and now they can barely make it? But when we are setting that example, when we are not hiding our light under our beds, when we are not... um, I don't know how you say this in English. Sorry, guys, I'm going to have this. So when you have a lighthouse, the purpose that's set for it is so it can attract, you know, when people are sailing and there's bad weather, they see the lighthouse, they go to it. If I don't have a lighthouse, everyone just perishes initially. So my goal as a lighthouse is to shine my light super, super bright. Hey, come on and see how good God is. Attract them to you. You are not doing well, how can I help you? Be of service. Feed those who are in need. Don't be greedy, because that's what the people of this world do, because they don't know any better. So if we're going to attract people to us, we're going to have to light up our light very, very bright. And again, I love what our mission is, is we're going to have to reach up to God because this is not something you're going to do. Wake up in the morning. Oh, thank God. I'm doing great. I'm going to go reach out. If you're not feeling yourself, you know, daily, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to love your neighbors who wronged you because we're humans and our human nature is you did me wrong. Revenge is coming. That's what the world does, right? But when I forgive When I forgive and love, you are wronged and you forgive. That's how you attract people to God. Wow, I can't believe you forgave me for what I did to you. That's what the world is attracted to. Jesus uh, tells his disciples, you are the light of the world. As salt, the Christian is to counteract the power of sin. As the light, we are to illuminate and make visible. So we're not hiding our lives are to be an ongoing witness to the reality of Christ's presence in our lives. When we worship God with pure hearts, when we love others as ourselves, and when we do good without growing weary, we are the lights shining. It is important that we understand: if we're not shining our light, the world will perish. So, oh, I had this marked at the very end when. Um, Jesus is, you know, ascending to heaven. He tells his disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commended you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're not going to be able to teach others to observe what Jesus has commended us to do if we're not living it up. If we're not loving, you know, the uh, fruit of the spirits are love, joy, peace. When we're not living in peace, patience, when we are not patience, when we're constantly losing our tempers, self-control, faithfulness. These are the things that set us apart from the world. How are they going to know we are Christ's followers by how we are living our daily lives? Every single day, people are watching us. Like it or not, people are still going to observe you. They're still going to watch how you present yourself. When you're at work, when you're with your family, when you're out and about, how are you presenting yourself? Are you just going out and proclaiming that I go to church, I believe in Jesus, everybody else is going to hell? No one's going to follow you. Why would they? (laughs) That's being self-righteous. But as believers, when we go out and we are loving others, we are inviting them into our homes. When we do that, we are creating those divine opportunities when people come in and you minister to them. When they had nowhere to go, you are still there for them. You comfort them. When they lose their loved ones and they have no idea how to make that next day happen. You are there comforting them. You are there consoling them. And they're going to remember. They're going to remember no one was there for me, except Elena came to my house. She ministered to me. I want what she has. That's going to invite them into your home. And when they come into your home, then I get to disciple them. I get to tell them, let me tell you something. Let me tell you about someone who changed my life. And when you're willing, he is waiting for you at this moment. When you invite him into your life, he will come in and he will change your life. Then you will be able to live out what you see in me. It's not me. It's Christ in me. He's the one that gives me the strength to wake up every single morning and face my day. He's the one that gives me the grace because I know I did not deserve anything that I have. But he forgave me. He gave me mercy. And that's why I wake up courageous. That's why when I face my day, I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not anxious because I know my God is with me. So when I shine my bright light, sorry, when I shine my light bright to the world, they see that. They see how I treat others. That's what we are supposed to do. In Luke, Luke. In Luke chapter 4, verses 18, Tiffany, I don't think I gave this to you, but this is what it says The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. So it says, I'm preaching the gospel not to the believers. So I'm not going on and attracting, hey, I know you believe in God, so let me preach to you. No, I'm going out to my community. I'm going out to my workplace. I'm going out to my neighbors. I'm preaching the good news to the poor. What is the good news? What is it? Right? The good news is going and, you know, not just, hey, Jesus loves you. If I'm going to go out to the poor, I'm going to tend to their needs. Because that's what Jesus did. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, Those who do not believe in Jesus. Those who do not know that there's a hope. Those who do not know that when I lose everything, it's okay because God will provide it double times as it was. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Those who are bound. They're in sin. They don't know any better. They don't know the difference. When they live in sin, my job is to go and proclaim liberty. There's a different way of living. You don't have to live in sin because sin will kill. The recovery of sight to the blind. So if people can't see, how can I expect them to just, you know, walk straight, a straight line? They're going to hit different bumps. They're going to stumble and fall. That's because they're blind unless they have a guide when they have a guide therefore they will be able to see but we're not just trying to have a guide we want to take off those scales and we want them to be able to see for themselves so to re- uh, recover to sorry to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind so we're giving recovery of sight to set liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord That's what Jesus was saying here. That's our mandate as believers. You know, it's not just about pastor being up here and preaching every Sunday. What happens when we go out there? What happens when we leave these doors? Are we living this? Because each and every single one of us has been anointed to go out and proclaim liberty to the captives. We have all been anointed to go and reach out to the poor. We have all been anointed to go and reach out to those who do not believe in God and who wouldn't have a reason to because they're so broken, they blame God. Those who have been wronged, that they don't trust anymore. Our job is to go and mend that. It's not us, it's the power of God inside of us. The power that he has given us so when they see us, they don't see Vicky. They don't see Jared. It's Christ through you that's magnifying itself and doing that work. So when we let our light shine, it's Christ who's shining through us. We are living a faithful life to Christ. So when we go out and reach out, people should be able to see Christ. They're not seeing hate. They're not seeing impatience. Because that's not who Christ is. That's not his nature. Amen. That is not his nature. So, may your light shine brighter that others may be able to glorify God. When we live in patience, when we live in peace and kindness, the world could use some kindness nowadays. Don't you think There are so many people who are so full of cruelty. You can't even do anything nowadays without people being cruel to you. But that's not who we are. And if that's how we live, thank goodness for God's grace every single day because his mercies are new every day. We just ask him, hey, God, I'm so sorry. I need your help. I need your Holy Spirit. Just live out that grace. So when people see me out there, If I'm struggling and I have the power of God and he refreshes me every single day so I have the strength to go out and be kind, just a gentle kindness to the world that they may be able to see, wow, why are you so kind to me? Why? You don't see that every day. That attracts them to you. You know, Elaine, I wanted to go to church with you today. Oh, wow, this is awesome. Praise the Lord. Absolutely, come on on. You know, I, can I go out with you? Can I get you coffee? Yes. Why would someone say yes to going to coffee with you? I mean, you're not going to go out to coffee with someone you don't like. That's just facts. <laughs> but you're going to go, you know, to coffee with someone who you feel like there's, there's something here. We minister. But when, I, when someone says yes to you, it's because they trust you. They're not going to say yes if they do not trust you. Amen. So when we live out Christ every single day, people see it and they trust us. They trusted Jesus. The centurion man and his daughter, when he came out to Jesus, he didn't go to the Pharisees to have them heal his daughter. He went to Jesus. He said, my daughter is sick. And Jesus went and healed her. Amen. We're going to talk about the good Samaritan. This is a good example. So we have this gentleman who's, you know, going on his business, and he gets attacked, and he's robbed and beaten and left to death. So he's left, you know, on the side of the road. All these people are coming back and forth, and there's a Levite, there's a Pharisee, and just a good, ongoing, you know, Christian man. They pass him. They look at him. Well, he's still breathing. He's good. Pass along. Someone comes up, and... Are you alive? Someone walked around him. They didn't even want to see him because they were too good for him. He was not of their kind. They left him for dead. Pretty much that's what happened. So that's even worse than the people who, you know, beat him up. They robbed. Every single person who walked could have helped him, but they all left him for dead. Yet the good Samaritan stopped by. He checked on him. He picked him up, took him and got treatment, got cleaned up. And he said, you know what? You stay here till you're all better. I will pay for everything for you. Who do you think that man would follow? The Good Samaritan or the Pharisees or the Levi, the priest? Probably the Good Samaritan because he tended to him. He invited the gentleman in. So our job is not to just look at the men and say, well, I hope you're okay. I will pray for you. we to go and help them. How will they know that we are his disciples by the way we live out every single day, the way we live out every single day? It does not matter who they are, what they've done to you, if you have the same belief or not. When we live out Christ every single day, when we proclaim the good news to every single person who deserves to hear it, because again, God's will is not that we perish by we, it's not just me. Well, I got saved. Thank God I'm going to heaven. There's still a whole world to save. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to light our light. We're going to make sure that it's bright. Every single one of us, because we each have our own domains. You know, we, some of us work. Some of us are at home. Some of us, we travel. Some of us, we go out into the communities. Whatever you do, it doesn't matter what you're Job profession is you have an opportunity to make your light shine bright, not because you feel like it, not because, well, today the Lord blessed me, so this is a perfect opportunity for me to go and let the world know what God did for me. No, 24-7, every single day when you wake up, you have that opportunity to go and let your light shine, to go and let the people taste what is that that's different about you. Amen. So I'm going to read this scripture again. Actually, did we read Matthew 25? Sorry. Matthew 25, 35 and 40. This is what it says. We read that already. Sorry, guys. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. Who are strangers? Your workplace, you have interactions with people on a daily basis. Your neighbors, your family. Sometimes we want to go out in the world, but we forget we have people nearby who need Jesus in their lives when we live out every single day to those who are close, they see you every single day. That's what's going to change lives. Amen? Mm -hmm. That is what is going to change lives. So in closing, I just wanted to remind us all that we have been given a great commission. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. We have been given a great commission to go out to the world and reach out. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is by opening ourselves out, by showing love, by being patient with people, by showing peace, by not panicking when everything's not going our way, because we have a God that we're trusting. Amen. We have a God that we trust. So I'm going to ask you all to stand. we're going to pray today we're going to pray that as we leave these doors this is not a sobering thing that we should be so sad about this is something joyful because we know what we have in Christ amen we know what we have in Christ he has given us everything we could ever ask for everything he has already had a plan for us A plan that we never even knew we had until we became a part of God's family. Until we were adopted into this family. So we have that hope in Christ. We know that when we face trials, we don't need to fear because God has conquered everything for us. Christ conquered everything for us 2,000 years ago. We can receive healing. We don't have to live in pain. We don't have to say, every single year, every single season, I'm just going to expect and wait for it because I know I'm going to get sick. Or, it's in my family's DNA. It's in our genes. Someone in our family is going to have to get sick and die. That's not who we are. That's not our DNA. Amen. Back when I was in school, um, probably sixth grade, I will never forget. Um, I don't even remember what class it was, but our professors gave us an assignment to go out and ask our families, you know, what's your tribe, what's your clan? So for most people, this was a very simple task to do. For me, it wasn't so very much. My family is very complicated as it is, and I remember sitting there so stressed out, I went home and I asked my mom, so mom, I have to make... Pretty much this family tree, and I need to take it to work. I mean, mean, sorry, not to work. To school tomorrow for my for my assignment. I need to know what is my tribe and what is my clan. Now, granted, I was adopted, so my mom had no idea where what kind of clan I came from. And (laughs) after we talked for a while, I was sobbing and crying. I'm going to fail this test. My whole class is going to laugh at me. This is embarrassing. After a moment, my mom looked at me and she said, well, Vicky, all you have to do is just show up to class and tell your teacher that, you know, you're 50%, Mbangu Bangu is half of my tribe. That's my mom's tribe. And 50%, you are, you know, Murisi, which was my dad's tribe. And 100%, you are a child of heaven. And I remember sitting there like, who is gonna take that like absolutely not so i cried and cried and cried and you know that night i was at peace i went back to school with my assignment and everyone elaborated their assignments and it was awesome and it was my turn and boldly i spoke and i said well i am a hundred percent a child of god which everyone laughed at me but it's true it's so true I, do not, I did not inherit any of the genes from my mom's side of the family, nor my dad's side of the family. I inherited every single DNA and every single gene from my father in heaven. And I believe that and I claim that for my life. I would not be here standing in front of you today if I did not claim that. 100% a child of God every single day, all day, every day, living out in love, living out in peace, living out faithfulness and reaching out to those who do not know Jesus. When I face trials, I would not be able to go out on the other side a conqueror because if I did not know Jesus, if I did not accept my adopted family, I would not be here. I would not have the job that I have today because God has been so faithful. He is faithful to his children. So when I go out, I boldly shine my light bright. Look at what God has done for me. Amen. Look at what he has done for me, and he can do that for you too. And that does not happen by me going out and condemning and blaming and just trashing everyone else. No, that happens when I have small conversations day to day. How are you doing today? When I check on on people. When I see someone is not well, I go to them and I tend on their needs. Here at the church, we have an opportunity to do that every single day, every single week. We minister to our community. We want Pueblo to change. We do not want Pueblo to be the same and people looking down on Pueblo. Because we believe that God still has a plan for Pueblo. Amen? Do you believe that today? But the people of Pueblo need to see us living it out every day through Christ who lives in us. That's us going out and claiming our 100% child of God every day every single day when we let Jesus live in our hearts when we let him guide us that's what happens that's what happens so I'm going to pray Father today I just thank you because we are reminded once again of how so good you are how good you are to us we're so thankful for your salvation And at the same time, we look at our world that is so broken and people who do not know you. God, we pray that you may give us the strength and courage to go out and live out a Christ-like life. That when people see us, they may not see us per se. They may see you. They may see your love reaching out, inviting them in. when they have a relationship with you things start to change things are not the same so we are believing for our community we are believing for Pueblo this is a great city Lord. such a great city and we are so thankful because it, it is anointed your hand is upon this city And we are to go out. We as believers will make sure that the world sees it that way. The world sees that you have blessed this city. Every single person who enters Pueblo will not leave the same. Every single person who comes to live here in Pueblo will see an abundance. An abundance in everything that they touch. When we go out, we are to live out your life. People may see Jesus through us. In Jesus' name, amen.